You are listening to Bit Podcast, a business podcast series produced by BitPod on behalf of PKF Malta. This series is brought to you by BitPod's co-founder, Dr. Marilyn Formosa. Good afternoon to our listeners. This is Marilyn from Bitspot by PKF, and I am joined today by Matthew Caruana from Zar. Welcome, Matt. Hello, everyone. Hello, Marilyn. Thanks for the invite. Thank you for accepting. Ladies and gentlemen, Zar is the only crowdfunding platform Malta has ever seen and to date continues to grow. And Matthew will today walk us through the various levels of that house. So, Matt, the first question is Zar, the name. Does it, does it actually stand for anything? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a bit of um, playing a bit with words. Um, as you know, Zar in Maltese is when we refer to the small change. So mm-hmm. uh, since crowdfunding is obviously dealing with small contributions from uh, a large number of people, uh, we attached so the Zar as in small contributions from a lot of people and also because we're dealing with um, small ideas or ideas that are at their initial stage, and then uh, hopefully they grow further. So that's where the name uh, comes from. Um, and that is Very cool. I tried to think before I asked you if I could come up with it, but I didn't realize. So to our non-Maltese speaking listeners, Zar actually means small in Maltese, and that's already got meaning in it, which is bound to be interesting going forward. So ZAR has, I understand, a company as well as a foundation to it. Can you tell us a bit more about the two? Sure. Uh, the founders are actually the uh, University of Malta and the Malta mm-hmm. Business Bureau. Um, basically, uh, about four years ago, the Malta Business Bureau did a study about access to finance. Okay. And the results weren't uh, that positive, I must say. Um, it showed uh, high reliance and dependency on banks and bank loans when it comes to uh, entrepreneurs starting off or trying to raise uh, funds. So uh, that triggered uh, a whole series of uh, meetings and thinking uh, process as to what can the Mota Business Bureau do to help the uh, startup ecosystem and help entrepreneurship. Uh, during this process, um, uh, it came together with the University of Malta, that was at the time setting also Takeoff, the business incubator, mm-hmm. um, and therefore they joined forces into a joint venture and set up a foundation, uh, which we call FPEI, which stands for a very long name, the Foundation for the Promotion of Entrepreneurial Initiatives, uh, with the purpose of uh, taking on and embarking on initiatives to help entrepreneurship. Um, and seeing that this all started with a report about access to finance, the first initiative was actually something to help with access to finance. Uh, and therefore, uh, the crowdfunding platform was uh, started. Okay, and how long has Zar been around now? Um, three years now, uh, three years and a few months. Um, And the idea was that um, for someone uh, who's not familiar with crowdfunding, uh, I'll just give a a brief introduction if it's okay. Um, There are main four types of crowdfunding. Uh, The first one would be donation-based, 
where people are giving funds for initiatives and getting nothing in return. So this would be more for community-based projects or uh, philanthropic or social uh, impact uh, initiatives. Then there's the reward-based, where people get a reward for giving money. Um, So this, in the business world, could be used for pre-sales. So if I'm developing a new product, uh, I can do a campaign, um, raise capital before I even invest in building the product. So I can use crowdfunding to raise capital as well as test my idea, test the sort of validate my idea with the market out there and see whether people would actually buy it uh, and uh, part with their money to, to buy the product I'm developing or service, obviously. So they would give them something that they're developing in exchange for believing in them financially. Exactly. So uh, it's, I mean, people embark in market research and do surveys of whether you would buy this product, would, would you need such mm-hmm. a product, how much would you spend for this product. This is taking that to a step further rather than just asking them, would you, would you? Now you're actually asking them, give me uh, 20 euros, give me 50 euros, and in three months' time, in six months' time, whenever the timeline is, I will actually give you the product. Okay. So the campaign would be explaining what the product would be doing or service again, I, I repeat, um, giving them the features, explaining them to uh, explaining it to the customer or future customer, and they will buy the product in advance, enabling you to raise funds to to develop the actual product or to finalize the product so that you can get it to market. Okay. And in the meantime, apart from raising funds, uh, you got actual validation that people do want it, that people will actually spend money on it, uh, and um, and you can move on with a sort of a safer investment. Okay, types uh, one and two. So we need three and four. The third one is uh, equity or investment-based crowdfunding, where people are actually buying shares in your company. Mm-hmm. And the last one is loan-based. So people are giving you a loan, uh, on the conditions that you set, the interest rate uh, and the term of the loan. So basically, instead of getting a bank loan, uh, you're getting a loan from the crowd. Um, currently, those the last two models, the equity and the investment, are not operated in Malta. Uh, there, are, there aren't any platforms operating uh, on those, and we can discuss that. Sure, yes, I have, I have some, some thoughts on that. Um, all right, so as, a, as the face of Zara, I've always known you to be the face of this, of this entity, um, and, and as such, the person who is on the ground and, and, and running things. What is your view when someone asks you off the cuff of the startup ecosystem in Malta, always in the context that in recent months, or perhaps the last year and a half, we've been hearing a lot of uh, efforts where Malta is being promoted as a startup hub. Okay. Um, well, as I said before, our first aim, apart from crowdfunding, is to promote and support entrepreneurship. Right. So, uh, yes, I do get involved in other initiatives or other uh, setups, or I follow at least what's happening in the startup ecosystem. I think, personally, my opinion is that the scene did improve drastically in the last uh, couple or five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've seen Malta developing more in the space. Um, something that we need to fix 
and in my opinion, or, or do better, is starting off from the education side. Agreed. Um, I am coming from an organization that promotes entrepreneurship, and we see entrepreneurship more of a mindset, the entrepreneurial mindset, rather than just starting a business. So obviously we deal a lot, and okay, one of the founders is also the university. So we do see that, um, or at least I see personally, that the educational system in Malta is currently not set up or not uh, not well structured if we're talking about entrepreneurship, in, in my opinion. I think when it comes to the entrepreneurial mindset, we need to think more in terms of creativity, innovation, uh, giving a person, the, the student, time to think, to challenge, to uh, ask, uh, and be more creative and uh, critical. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the education system in general is not geared up for that. We've seen improvements in that space as well. There are more initiatives being done to, to counter this, but obviously uh, it's a mentality mind shift that takes time. Um, at that stage as well, and uh, uh, the Junior Achievement Young Enterprise uh, Foundation is doing excellent work in terms of their two flagship programs, the company program uh, dealing with uh, six formers, as well as the startup program with the university level um, students. But they're also doing things in the primary and secondary school, which is also uh, a good thing to know. Picking at them from a younger age. Yes, yes, I think that's that's good. In in the last few years, we've also seen um, more incubators or accelerators. Um, So now people use the term incubators and accelerators quite interchangeably. Uh, So it's very difficult to determine, to to sort of clearly say what the incubators slash accelerators in Malta uh, do. Uh, And although they have the word accelerator or incubator in their name, sometimes they do different things. Taking a step back, Matt, for those people maybe a bit less familiar, what should an incubator slash accelerator set out to achieve? So I I think for me, the the difference between an incubator and accelerator, I mean, you'll find various definitions. And as I said, nowadays, these words are used interchangeably. But in my opinion, the incubator is more in... um, its purpose is more for the early, very early stage, mm-hmm. for converting ideas into the MVP, the minimum viable product, if I had to give it sort of a timeline. Okay. And then the accelerator is from the MVP to growth. Uh, so the incubator's purpose is to incubate ideas uh, maybe with some initial funding, usually these would be governmental or public funds, okay. where um, there's a, a time period where ideas are given mentorship, guidance, support to develop into more solid business plans and potentially an MVP. While the accelerator, in my opinion, has to then take up that MVP, that business plan, that first sort of uh, this initial uh, business and take it to growth. So there's where further investment comes in, uh, the initial traction, initial customers, uh, internationalization and growth. So that's where I would sort of put the MVP for me is like the this mm-hmm. end one on the start one. 
you'll find, as I said, various opinions on this. There's no, ultimately, I believe there's no hard set rules, but that's sort of my definition. And now for a quick intermission. At PKF Motor, we are enthusiastic about encouraging startups to flourish. We provide a wide range of professional services necessary for startups to take off, such as assistance with company formation, license applications, setting up bank accounts, auditing, accounting, and tax advice. We've also founded Bitpod, which provides startups with readily available office space. Email us on info at pkfmotor.com to find out more. connection between crowdfunding and incubators slash accelerators or or do they sort of coexist within the same space but independently of each other? Um, I think if we take examples worldwide, you'll find both scenarios. There are crowdfunding platforms that work well with or very close to particular incubators and they sort of tend to promote each other. So the incubator would be uh, sort of a lead generator, if I can say that, for the platform. Mm-hmm. And then the platform is used as a tool uh, for, as I said before, for the, uh, the startup, the incubate to get its first customers, to get its first funding. Uh, but most uh, cases, they work quite independently. So the platform would not solely cater for the incubator or the incubator pushes completely mm-hmm. the crowdfunding uh, Platform. And in the case of Zar, have you seen there to be startups that you have worked with to be part of a, an incubator or accelerator program too? Uh, yes, I think from the examples we had, we did have. And again, it happened, um, it, we had a particular case that it started with crowdfunding and then moved on to the incubator. We had others that were in an incubator and then moved to sort of used okay. crowdfunding. We had cases that were completely not related to incubators or were actually not accepted in the incubator because obviously funds are limited and there's limited spaces. So again, they are, they live quite independently of each other um, and you don't need to be part of an incubator to, to benefit from crowdfunding, obviously. Okay, let's talk about numbers. If you had to quantify roughly, how many startups have you seen over the last three years since your involvement within the organization? Um, so I, I think we, we, had a, uh, we had about 13, uh, if I recall the number correctly, in terms of startups. In terms of projects, we had much more. Um, so what's the difference, Matthew? Well, to, I mean, because 13 rings to be quite on the low side for three years, but projects then would be much more. So how do they yeah, correlate? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm defining the startups as projects which were clearly uh, for uh, as a business and the purpose is to be a startup and create this in a business. Then we had other projects which were as I said, the part of the community-based project, since it's also handling donations. And we hold also a huge number of, our, let me call them, sort of artistic, cultural, or creative sector. Uh, also because of our uh, partnership that we had with the Arts Council. 
and also because reward-based uh, crowdfunding works very well with this kind of sector. So uh, be it theater, music. Um, Mm-hmm. It's easier to give something in Books. exchange because yes, the product is and, and also the, the clients there are also very in much in tune with buying something now, be it a ticket, be it a book that then comes at a later stage. Um, in terms of the crowd for the businesses and startups we had, um, they vary a lot. So from uh, from uh, actually set up setting up a market to setting up um, an eco-tours, marine tours. Would they Um, be all Maltese? um, They're all based in Malta and Malti, but the founders had a mixture of foreign and and local as well. Um, So that's why when I say startups, it's much less than the total number of projects we handled. Something that we need to keep in mind is that although, yes, three years is a lot, is a long period of time, relatively it's still very small. Um, it's still uh, an innovative concept uh, that in Malta it's still growing and it's very, very new still Definitely. in terms of uh, crowdfunding. So in terms of support, if, if I am a startup and I am here or I landed here in Malta, what, what is available in terms of support? Is, is, is Zara the first place that one should go? Are there other stops? What, what's available really in Malta right now? No, I think in, in Malta, there are various organizations that could help you. Um, just to sort of mention a few. Um, first of all, things like Malta Enterprise or mm-hmm. government uh, schemes. There are funding schemes, be it local funds as well as European funds, uh, that are directed towards uh, startup. Um, Malt Enterprise has a series of uh, schemes for startups. Then there are the ERDF, the, the European funds. Um, I think they were branded as Business Enhance. Um, that they also offer various schemes, starting from. Um, vouchers for business advisory where a startup can go and get support from consultants, advisors, accountants um, or uh, lawyers to set up uh, either or do feasibility studies, market Mm -hmm. research or to set up or some business planning uh, stages. For free or for a very nominal? Uh, Yes, yes. Um, The the scheme would give you vouchers that then you sort of pay this uh, consultant uh, with those vouchers and the funds are paid by the Malta Enterprise. Um, The the different incubators in Malta also have their own funding uh, rounds, typically. Uh, Typically, it would be like an annual call, so you you can get access to funds uh, there. And then, as part of their program, they'll give you mentorship and guidance. Um, we are also seeing a number of organizations uh, sort of from the private sector that would be eager or keen to help startups. So they would have some sort of either reduced rates mm-hmm. or some free services that they would give um, to startups that they sort of like and they believe in. in. Um, so even, for example, something like Business First would be a good call to make where they would help you with the actual setup, the legal requirements, getting a VET number, register as a company, register as a sole trader. Um, these are all things that need to be done 
uh, and therefore they're good things to, sort of to seek help. Um, something else that's growing in Malta is the co-working space or yes, office we've seen, share. We've seen um, a spike in that definitely this Which year. is also helpful for startups where they get uh, relatively cheaper rent than renting your office. Obviously, some startups start from your own house. Oh, yeah. um, but it's good to be also maybe membership with these, uh, have a membership with this co-working space. Because one, it's also a change of scene for you to get out of the house. Uh, and while you're there, communicate, mm-hmm. share ideas, uh, you can cooperate with certain things. So you create also a community there, Definitely. Uh, which is also... They can uh, stay complaining together, which brings me to the next question of the biggest challenges that you have seen and continue to see startups face. I know you have some interesting opinions. Uh, I, I think the, the, the sort of the main main issues that uh, startups face at the initial stage is that Malta is a small market. Mm-hmm. So your local close market is very small. So you need to immediately focus on internationalization. In terms of getting your product out there, you mean? Yes, because in order to gain traction, in order to get uh, a good number of customers at the initial stages and paying customers, uh, Malta is a good market to say, let's sort of a, as a prototype level, as a testing level. Uh, we've seen also foreign um, uh, companies actually moving to Malta specifically okay. for that. Uh, even historically, I mean, if we see something like a communication giant like Vodafone uh, had moved to Malta as their first uh, place outside the, uh, the UK. So I think Malta offers that, uh, that space that has better advantage. That advantage. Mm-hmm. However, then you immediately need to think global. You need to think uh, out there, if not global, at least internationalize a bit in order to gain traction. So certain ideas in Malta would stru- struggle because there isn't a market here for them, so they need to immediately go abroad. And by going abroad, uh, being an island, being um, a small market, it has its challenges. As soon as you are dealing with internationalization, the, the costs uh, mass- increase massively when it comes to traveling uh, and everything. I mean, yes, nowadays you can do business abroad through online means, uh, have meetings online, uh, but obviously uh, going to conferences, going to exhibitions, to fairs, certainly help in creating contacts. Mm-hmm. When in mainland Europe you can hop on a train and you're uh, in a different city or in a different country, in Malta you have to fly there, there's accommodation costs, Correct. you can't just pop in and out in most countries uh, because of the flight uh, times. So that adds another barrier for our local, local startups. Um, something that I feel we lack in Meta, when, when people say, but do we have enough startups or our, the startups in Malta are sort of, don't grow that much. Part of it also is the, the education. Back, okay. to, back, back to, to that. that. We are sort of the number of startups we see is somewhat limited because of one employment at the moment. So it's quite easy for someone from a young age uh, get employed, have a have a good wage, uh, and settle down immediately. So the motivation of becoming mm-hmm. an entrepreneur 
is sort of is challenged by the sort of the commodity of having the assurance of having a monthly wage as opposed to okay. the, sort of the risk involved in entrepreneurship. Um, and because we sometimes lack that uh, confidence in ourselves uh, in being creative and breaking the norms. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about, is seeing a sol- uh, an issue, seeing a problem and thinking about creative ways how to beat uh, that problem and create new solutions. Right. So, so and, and that is where we need to, to work more in terms of uh, our startup scene, our entrepreneurship um, concept. I'm not saying there aren't. We've had a number of success stories as well. Um, so people do create their own entrepreneurial spirit. People, Can you mention one of them or two of them? Success stories that um, yes. ring in your mind? I think if I had to mention one, for example, it would be Hodjar. Hotjar, uh, which mm-hmm. is, um, I can sort of classify it under the data analytics uh, side, where they, sort of they started off in a small island of Malta and grew uh, with clients internationally, and they're quite a successful. Oh, nice. And I think you'll find that... Uh, Did they go we, through an incubator or a... An accelerator program? Um, I'm not sure actually how how it all started for them, um, uh, but this leads me to there are a number of stories. There are there are a number of organizations or startups that actually do have a good traction that have international clients. Uh, and, but again, something we lack in our ecosystem is this: is the sharing of these success stories in in having. Um, frequent updates and news linked to startups to show that yes, these are success stories in Malta, Uh, people do do it, Um, yes they have difficulties, yes they have issues and and problems, they have to change their uh, business model, they have to change their idea and pivot all the time Um, but they do, they do exist Obviously, there are failures in all this, and that's the other thing that we need to improve in Malta. Uh, I think Psychology. Europe, I think, more than... Uh, I mean, Malta is a case in itself. But Europe, as opposed to the US, for example, uh, I mentioned failure, is that the, the way we look at failure, um, even legally, in terms of the bankruptcy laws, mm-hmm. uh, sort of the... the I think it's being branded as the second chance uh, laws that we need in Europe and in Malta, where the mentality that if you fail in one startup, mm. it doesn't mean you are a failure. It means something went wrong and the idea wasn't, uh, maybe it wasn't the right time, maybe it wasn't the right market, maybe other things came into play and it affected your success. But from that failure, you certainly learned a lot. Mm-hmm. So there are organizations and entities and countries sort of in terms of their culture that see that if you failed in a startup, one, two, three of them, you learn. So they invest more in you as well if you come up with better and new ideas. While sometimes in Malta we lack sort of we judge people immediately and say um, that guy, uh, that girl had a startup, it failed, so sort of they're, they're yes. no good. 
Whatever um, the judgy culture, it's true. I think in all in all sectors and in all factors, it's a partly you, consequential effect of our very insular nature as a tiny place. And this is one of the things I most like about you, Matt, is that you are a frequent attendee at various uh, meetings and, and, and committee groups within EU institutions, which gives you a wonderful perspective, a very colourful canvas that you can then bring back to Malta and, and apply to the local scene. Talk, tell us a little bit about these. I, I think it's it's very important, especially uh, for us um, uh, coming from a, a small island uh, at the edge of, of Europe. I think it's quite good that we share our experiences and uh, we attend these uh, international meetups. Uh, I, I encourage everyone with, uh, with a startup to get involved in sort of in the law in the international scene, follow the international scene, get exposed to what's being done abroad. There are various programs and various initiatives that can be of help to broaden your horizon, to challenge your own ideas, uh, and and think more globally or more internationally. I the, the meetings you you mentioned, I am involved in in number of. Uh, number of groups dealing with entrepreneurship as or fintech or alternative finance mm -hmm. uh, and therefore also crowdfunding. Um, we are part of the European Crowdfunding Network where um, now also the crowdfunding network is expanding also into other alternative finance and, and we can have a whole session oh, about, uh, dealing about that, about that yes, as we well. Have a few seconds, I think, left. How does Malta compare in, in the European Forum in these events you attend? How do we fare? I think we're, we're quite good at some things and lacking behind in others. In terms of alternative finance, I think uh, it is a, it, an access to finance is the other problem that um, startups we'll have in, 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 in Malta. Uh, so therefore, we do lack a bit there in terms of the opportunities when it comes to alternative finance. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the setup um, to the ecosystem, I think we do have the main ingredients. main ingredients that are there. Maybe we need to coordinate a, a bit more. But then uh, the advantage we have in Malta being small, uh, just to, to give one example as to why being small is good, is the access we have to the policymakers, to the regulators, to yes. the legislation. So if we need to adapt, to be flexible in terms of changing a bit and uh, accessing these fora, uh, we have the, the advantage that we have easy access to them to influence and affect the, those entities. Thank you, Matt. So we have all the ingredients. We just need to join the dots correctly. It was fantastically interesting and we look forward to welcome you back to another session where we can explore the access to finance at a deeper level. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. Um, uh, thanks for the invite. Thank you for listening to Bit Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter.